the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Listening to Iron Real Estate, and uh, we are um, here with uh, our our famous attorney Andrew Lieb and our financial wizard uh, Tom Drew, and we were talking about a a story that was a true story in um, New Jersey, actually, where there was this anonymous person called the Watcher that was tormenting these people that bought a house saying that he was watching them and they didn't own, and it wasn't theirs and all this stuff and they got so scared that I don't think they ever moved in and they sold it. And which leads us to a we hope that the watcher's not around in too many places, but leads us to that when you're selling a house, what you need to disclose to a seller or to a buyer. And if you're a buyer, what that what the seller has to disclose to you and what you really should do on your own to check out because the buyer doesn't have to. So, Andrew, could you kind of go through that with our audience, listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah. I think it's perhaps the most important part of a real estate transaction that no one really picks up on. And really, what does a broker do and what does an attorney do really is the answer to this question. So a broker is going to make every aspect of your deal. If you read case law, a broker should negotiate everything. And then when a broker's done negotiating everything, they should hand what's called a deal sheet or a sales agreement. Different regions call it different things. It's a memo of the terms to the attorney. And then what the attorney does is they draft up a contract to sale. And what is a contract to sale, really? It's a period of time where you can do due diligence, meaning you can inspect and learn things about the property, with exculpatory clauses, meaning ways out of the deal, if what the broker relied on while negotiating for you turns out not to be true. And so a lot of people say, Where's the contract? I want to close. I want to close. The biggest thing the attorney is doing is checking out all the reliances that the broker had because, Dottie, brokers get deceived all the time, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you you don't know if the person's telling you everything. And we try to – I tell the brokers because we don't want to be liable that, like, you should – like, somebody could say, oh, here's what my taxes are. And they really maybe think that they're that those are the correct taxes, but maybe they forgot, or sometimes they have an exemption, and they you know a VA exemption or some kind of exemption, and um, the, the broker could misquote the, the taxes. So we try to make sure the brokers know as much as they can, but the buyers don't tell you all the things that you might not want to know. And what should a buyer be looking at? Do you think, Andrew? 
when they're looking at a home and what does the seller have oh, to wow. disclose, you know? Well, let's I mean, start I, off with what the seller doesn't have to disclose, Dottie, okay, that's and better, what's going yeah. on in a deal. So if you read Article 14 of the Real Property Law, again, Article 14, if you just were going to Google, it's called the Property Condition Disclosure Act. And what this does is it says, and I'm going to tell you what it says in legal, and then I'm going to tell you what it means in English. It says that there's a penalty to a seller who fails to disclose of $500. If the seller discloses nothing, there's a $500 penalty. In English, a seller's a moron if they don't spend $500 to get insurance that says they're not liable for failing to disclose. So every attorney in America, well, not in America, New York State, would say, if you touch this property condition disclosure act statement, seller, I'm going to cut your hand off. Give them 500 bucks, and you're responsible for nada. Nothing, nothing you got to tell. I kind of remember that, but I I also kind of forgot. So in other words, if they don't disclose, okay, something that they should have disclosed, and but they but and they don't fill out all those disclosure statements, then and that's why, like I said, you really need a real estate attorney like Andrew. You really can't go. It's too big a thing. It's the most important decision most people make in their lives, and the biggest financial thing you need an attorney that knows real estate. So if they, if the seller doesn't disclose it and they have that insurance, then it's a penalty of $500? So what happens at closing is every seller in New York, there's certain exceptions like your reload division. We could talk about that another time. But right. every seller on an arm's length transaction just pays $500. It's like an insurance policy. because And they don't touch this property condition disclosure act, and they're not responsible. You want to hear something wild, Dottie? If you even put your name on this piece of paper, you can get yourself responsible. So the seller's attorneys say, don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't imagine it. Just pay $500, and then you owe nothing. And you just said something so important. You said you need a top real estate attorney. But what you need the top real estate attorney to do, buyers, is you need them to guide you on which inspectors you should be using, what type of CO searches we should be doing. Because I would say the biggest issue, Dottie, in Manhattan you have this, in the Bronx you have this, in in Scarsdale, even the richest community we were talking about, you have this. What happens is you buy a property that doesn't conform conform to the local code. So you buy a property, and it's a two-story house, let's say, or it's a three-bedroom apartment on Central Park. But it really isn't that. It's not legally that. It's just functionally that. And guess what you inherit, Dottie? You inherit. You inherit a ticket. You inherit a ticket. Because what happens? So let's say we buy, you and I, we buy this fabulous apartment in Central Park. It's a three-bedroom apartment. We say, oh, the views, the views. Guess what? It was really a one-bedroom apartment that was illegally converted. And when you move in, you get in a fight with your neighbor. This is what happens. You have a dog named Fufu, and it makes a poo-poo. And Fufu (laughs) makes a poo-poo next to the neighbor's door. And the neighbor goes, the poo-poo! And the neighbor gets very mad. you know who calls code enforcement the most? Your neighbor. So your your neighbor neighbor calls code enforcement. They hate you. They call code enforcement. Code enforcement comes in and they say, listen, you have a ticket. Here's what they do in New York City. Every day you don't fix it, you get another ticket. And they say you got to go rip it out. And you got to go fix this whole thing. And you just bought this house, your dream house, for millions and millions and millions of dollars. And now you got to gut renovate it while getting tickets the whole time. So what does an attorney do? They say, hey, you might want to get a code inspection to make sure your property is up to code. The CEO on this thing that I'm seeing says one bedroom. I see three bedrooms. That's the key, Dottie. Wow. Now, is it, and also, you, 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 so you want an attorney that knows 
the codes and what's legally allowed. And by the way, I've seen um, not so much on Long Island, but or the or the suburbs. But I've seen the city where they'll have a room and there's no window. And if there's legally, if there's no window in a room, you can't count it as a bedroom. You can't. You you really shouldn't be saying it's two bedrooms if it just doesn't have a window. It has to have a window and a closet, sure. I believe. Oh, so, so, Dottie, back to our conversation, though. Dottie, back to our conversation. The buyer doesn't do their due diligence. They just say, close, 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 because everyone says, close, 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 right, close. Right. They buy it. They buy it. Now they're on the hook. Once you close as a buyer, you could have discovered that. Remember I told you before the break, the standard is, could a buyer discover that through ordinary diligence? Ordinary diligence means if you chose to be cheap and not pay an inspector, that's on you. If you chose not to go to the Department of Buildings website, I hope everyone in New York City knows this, on the Department of Buildings website, you can get the current COs for the property. If you chose not to go to the Department of Buildings website and check this out, that's on you. Because this property condition disclosure statement from the seller says, I'm giving you 500 bucks. Best of luck to you. Wow. So what would your advice uh my advice I'm, would be my advice would be two different paths, Dotty. There's two different paths to travel, and I've traveled both of them before. One path is to say I can't afford for everything to be wrong on this, and I can't afford for it to be a bad decision. So I'm going to inspect every single thing and pay for every inspector. I might even get radon, even though that's only upstate, because I'm worried. I'm worried. I want to check every inspection. I want. I want. If it's a a suburban house, I want to make sure the filter works on the pool. I want to make sure that the heat's on in the summer. I want to check everything during contract to closing and have clauses in my contract that says I can get out. That's one path. There's another path. I expect to gut renovate this place, and I don't give a crap. So I'm going to buy it however it is, and I'm just going to self-insure and take the risk that everything's not going to be the place. Here's how you make the decision. How good is the purchase price? What do I mean by that? Okay. A lot of people, I don't know if you know this, in the suburbs, do you know when they do the home inspection? They do yes. a pre-contract. In the and city, by the way, when do they do the home inspection? Post-contract. Yeah, which I don't understand. I mean, let me just ex- well, that's explain that. Uh, yeah, I yeah. don't understand because I'm from Long Island. You had to have that. We never. I tell everybody, have an inspection. There's no way not to, and you do it before you go to con- before you actually sign a contract. So I actually wrote an article. You know, I'm the legally speaking editor for the dance papers in the Hamptons. So I wrote an article about this because we get this question a lot. Because in the Hamptons, you have city people buying Long Island homes. So there's like this convergence of cultural norms and expectations in the industry. And so here's the answer. Stop going with what everyone else does. Make your own cost-benefit analysis. Here's how it goes. If the market is so hot... If the market is so hot that you're afraid that someone's going to scoop up your property while you're getting a home inspection because you have nothing binding on an offer and acceptance. I hope everyone knows that. Your broker makes an offer. They accept it. That means bugglygook. The only thing that means something is when there's a fully executed contract to sale. So what happens if the housing market's so hot and I'm doing my inspection on Saturday, someone might make a higher offer while I'm waiting. If the housing market's slower... I can do a contract. I mean, I could do an inspection, then go to contract. If the housing market's hot, I put clauses in the contract for rights for inspections where I could cancel the contract if certain things don't check out. Okay, that's, that's you know, I say that because, and really I think this is a subject that I really would want to spend a lot of time on. Some of the biggest complaints I've had as a CEO of Douglas Elmer would be that 
uh, some people will call and say, oh, well, your agent, they really, they did a horrible thing. Uh, my deal was accepted. My offer was accepted. And then they sold it from under me and somebody else got it. And I try to explain to them that when you just agree on a price uh, in terms, but there's no, there's no money changed hands and you don't sign anything, exactly what Andrew said, somebody can come the next day or the next hour and bid you up and give a higher number and they can drop your deal. Even though somebody told you, I mean, people don't understand that, and they really don't understand that. And if we could I'm not teach even anything, sure. Dottie, anything. That's the thing to teach everyone. That's the thing. You, you're so right. This general obligations law five seven zero one. Andrew, you, you have to do a whole session on that on the on this because yeah. I agree with you, and I maybe am old fashioned, but I learned the business a lot of years ago, and we used to ask the sellers, uh, the buyers, to put a check down made out to the seller, make the offer and give us a check made out to the seller. And um, if the seller doesn't accept your offer, they can't take it. But sometimes a check will make it sound more serious. Uh, But we really need to inform people how just because somebody verbally said, we take your deal, doesn't mean anything if you don't have if you don't have a signed contract. But that's why I love working with you, Andrew, and that's why I love using you as, a, as an attorney. On, because you not only understand the law, you're practical about it. I mean, if you think your home is going, it, it's like a hot market, by the time you get the home inspection, you could have lost the property. So, I, so you know, I, I like... Just, I just personally went through it uh, with selling my house and buying a house uh, tell us, tell us what happened. They, they great. Yeah, so I listed um, my house for sale with Element and did all the things that they recommended to do. The agents were great. Uh, I sold the house and closed within six weeks. And in the wow. interim, w- went to contract on a house um, in another town. And, you know, I had an engineer come in, and he spent four hours at the house, four hours. And he confirmed well, that the house was, was a disaster, which I knew it was, but he confirmed it. So we knew what we were getting ourselves into. Uh, but you know, the agent, who was also an element agent on the listing, said, Tom, you got to move really fast. She's like, this is, a, this is a great deal. It's priced right. So, you know, I went, I went to contract immediately the next day after the engineer. And as I was sending the contract, there was no agent showing the house. So... Um, and then I was, of course, frantic about getting the contract over to the uh, to the seller's attorney right. to get it uh, finalized. But it's true. I mean, it, it happened. And I was living through it very anxious, very, you know, concerned that it wasn't going to get it. Well, that's another I, thing um, I tell people, and I'm, I'm going to say this as I said it a million times. I, I think you're probably son-in-law or your, your friend's uh, son or, or some attorney that you know who's not a real estate attorney, and they're going to do the deal for free with you. Well, first of all, it's not their primary biz, uh, expertise. And second of all, they usually, don't, they usually take their time about it. You don't want an attorney that takes weeks, okay, to get. And I've seen it. I've been in the business a long time. I've watched attorneys that for the buyer that they, they just really take their time, and by that time somebody else could come in. And I don't really think, and I think, Andrew, it's really worthy of a whole, like, session on that because I don't, I still don't think people really quite understand um, 
That's Dottie, let me give another attorney advice, though. I want to give another Shoot. attorney advice that people should know, because they don't need to hire me. I, I get you hire whoever you, you know, you like, that you trust. But here's what you want to know from your attorney, because I live this, Dottie. I don't know if you know, my, my great-grandfather was an attorney. In my family, you have to be an attorney. I, I was getting a free master's where they were paying me. And my father said, can you quit with the stupid master's in public health? If you want to learn about public health, go to the damn library. Come work for me. I want to retire. So I want, to, I want to give you a little insight about attorneys and generations and things that people should know. The thing of it is, is that there used to be an ethics rule in law that was called the means ends test. And old school lawyers are like this. What that means is you say, I want to buy the house. And the lawyer can use any means they want to get you there because they, under the old ethics rules, were like your parent and they should tell you what to do. There's a new ethics rule since about 2008. I could be off a year or two. Okay. That's called informed consent. And people, when you're hiring an attorney, what you want is an attorney that's going to tell you the pros and cons of every decision. There isn't a bad decision. It's fine to risk losing the house as long as you're willing to risk losing the house if exactly. you don't get an inspection. You can make any good decision. You just need to know the pros and cons. It's about cost-benefit analysis. You're an adult. Make your own decision. I have had clients that said, I'm willing to lose the house, and I want these inspections. We talked about it. I've also had clients that said, I'm buying it no matter what. Get us closed yesterday. They're both good decisions. Well, Andrew, so I, want- I bought an apartment in the city. The attorney called me the day before I was supposed to clo- uh, go and said there's no COs on the apartment. And here's what I said. I'm buying the house. I'm buying the apartment. And they said, Dottie, nobody buys an apartment with no COs. There was no CO on the apartment. And I bought it. Now, I don't know what I'll do exactly. when I have to sell it. But I just wanted it. And I did it. But I knew the consequences. Perfect. And that's our entire point. As long as you know the consequences, and Dottie, you might be saying, and I'm just making this up, you might be saying, I'm getting it for 30% less than something else. I budget the cost of the COs as 20%, so I'm still net positive 10%. Let's do this. Yeah. And you got you got to make decisions that are smart. And I think what everyone tries to do and what makes you special, Dottie, as a thought leader, is you think Everyone wants to go on autopilot and say, what does my friend say? What does this person say? Who cares? Make your own decision yeah. when you know the costs and no, the benefits. You're, you're right. Let me just say this because I have uh, Mike Cotty, who I promised uh, was going to talk about the different kinds of uh, storm insurance, which is another thing people are kind of confused about what they, when they get insurance, uh, what's covered and what's not. But let me just say this. I have said to everyone, there are no. I think it's pretty much like you. There's no wrong decisions, but you can't cookie cutter. Like you'll read something, it says this is a negative. Well, it might be a negative for certain people, but it might be, not be a negative to you. Like I actually took a negative amortization mortgage for like one year. I waited till the interest rates changed, and then I got into a, a different mortgage. I think that people can't cookie cutter things that everyone's an individual and what your goals and your needs and your ages and your risk tolerance, all of those things have to be part of a decision. Don't follow the herds. But don't be a wild guesser. Find out from the experts. I think that's kind of what I would suggest. So smart. Uh, right. But now we're going to have Mike Conti on. Like, and we, you know, again, with insurance, there's a lot of confusion about what storm insurance covers, what it doesn't cover. Um, he's going to talk to us about that, and that's really something that a lot of us gravel with. And then we say, oh, how, how come we're not covered? We'll be right back with our 
insurance expert, Mike Conti, right after the break. Keeping New York City safe from society's most dangerous criminals is not a job for just anyone. But New York's boldest do just that each and every day. This is Correction Officers Benevolent Association President Elias Usamudin. Last year, correction officers had custody of more than 45,000 inmates who entered our jail system. Everyone from the murderer, the rapist, the slasher, the stabber, and even the petty thief who you see in the news every day. But unfortunately, what you won't see or hear is the support, the respect, and the appreciation we deserve from our city's elected leaders. That's why we, the Correction Officers Benevolent Association, want to say thank you to all New York City Correction Officers. Thank you for your service to our city. Thank you for keeping this city safe. We appreciate you and will always have your back. Keep up the great work. Whether you need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. There is no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning at all. Call Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website. Site, ConnorsAndSullivan.com. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. And you will know in three weeks, that's the beauty of it, whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. I'm in the studio with Andrew Lee, our attorney and our legal advice counselor, and Tom Drew, who's doing our financial, and, of course, Mike Conti, who counsels us on insurance. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Uh, Good what morning. a great show this morning. Yeah. Uh, what a great show. I, I'm, I'm glued to the radio. But, uh, you know, I just want to add on Andrew's comments. Uh, you know, the, the problem, look, Andrew's done a thousand closings. You've done a thousand closings. 
But when mama and papa are buying that home for the first time, it's an emotional deal. And I can't tell you how many times uh, we get the call from the insurance side where they didn't have the inspection and they found the raccoons in the attic or they found there's lead pipes or they found that the septic doesn't work and they want to put in an insurance claim. And, and you know, you gotta, you, you got to – when mama says she wants the house, papa's buying it. That's what I find. So, in other words, you're saying that then insurance wouldn't cover if there were something that you should have known before? Right, exactly, exactly. And that's the sad part because in a lot of cases, you know, they're they're shaking the piggy bank to get the money to make the deal. And uh, all of a sudden, the first thing you're walking into is a nightmare. So I guess the best investment you can make in, in addition to buying the house is to have the proper inspections done and to make a level-headed decision. Uh, you know, if you know what you're walking into, that's fine. If you you get a surprise, you you know that 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 could break the bank. Wow. Well, we're gonna continue. You know, we'll we'll continue talking about this because it really is so important. And again, for most people, it's the largest investment they or one of the largest investments they make in life. And really, it's just getting the right team of experts. And as uh, Andrew said, then deciding is it worth it for me to do this or not. But now, um, Mike, you uh, you were going to um, – we were going to talk about insurance because I guess – I don't know whether it's hurricane season. It's close. Hurricanes, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we're in hurricane season. Are but, we? I uh, mean, I, I wasn't sure when it's – when does it start around now? Uh, actually, no. It's, it starts it around June, but uh, even before that, I think late middle May, late May. But it, it starts to get more like more perilous for us around this time of year because the heat and the the warm water temperatures bring the storms up the uh, up the seaboard, and that's why we get them around you know late August, early September because right. by that time the water is at its warmest. So, uh, and I guess the thing to you know most people realize and and again i'm going to say it when you're buying insurance for the home uh, price is important but you got to know the coverages that you're buying and today uh years ago when i started there was one type of deductible Uh, you you made a deductible decision uh, on what you could afford in the event of a loss and that was kind of it but today uh there are three main types of deductibles and i would tell you there's got to be about 20 iterations uh, of each one of those deductibles. So you really need to know what you're walking into. Uh, the, the, the first type is your, your standard deductible, where, where if the pipe breaks, well, you, the first $500 or $1,000 of that claim you're going to deal with, if the you know tree falls on the house, that, that'll be you know the first $500 or 1000 that you're going to deal with. That's called the standard deductible. But today we have additions to that, and we have a windstorm deductible, which is probably the most restrictive one that a homeowner can buy or get, because sometimes you, you don't choose to buy these. It's all you can obtain. What do you mean uh, it's all you can obtain? In other words, when you say that's all you can obtain, is that because you don't have the money, or is that because they won't give you flood insurance? Well, well you know, market conditions, believe it or not, dictate what deductibles are available in the marketplace. So we've had a very calm period of storms the last, you know, couple of years. Thank so insurers are very willing to give out very 
you know, favorable deductible options to the consumer. But, you know, when we start getting more storms, those options come off the table by lack of product availability. So you go to, you, you get whatever deductible you can offer. And the windstorm deductible is probably the most restrictive because it says we won't pay any claim as a result of a windstorm. And, wait, wait, wait. Or, why is it called that? Uh, uh, well, hold on. I misspoke. It's not that they won't pay a claim. They will impose the, the deductible, windstorm deductible whenever there is a windstorm. And most windstorm deductibles are a percentage of the dwelling value. Well, I'm, wait, I'm losing that. So wait a yeah, second. First too. of all, yeah. So, <laughs> so if I, I mean, I mean, so, so if I decide to get windstorm insurance, that obviously I have a deductible, and that really depends on personally what I use as a deductible, don't doesn't it? Like some people well, want to have a thousand dollar deductible, some people have a two thousand. The more, the right. higher it is, the cheaper the insurance is. Correct. In theory, but you have to read the wording of how it's worded. So, for example, a windstorm deductible will be imposed for any law, any loss where wind is the driving peril. And that deductible is usually uh, identified by a percentage of the dwelling value. Uh, so, for example, if you have a home with an insured value of $500,000 and a 5% windstorm deductible, the first $25,000 of the loss you will pay. Oh, wow. But wait a second. Okay, so would you say the first 25000 Right, because it's, it's based on percentage, and it's not a percentage of the claim. It's a percentage of the insured home value. Okay, now would an insurance broker tell you that, or would be that something you have to ask, or because I would, well, I mean, I wouldn't even think that. I would think, yeah, I think so I would think that whatever a, my claim is, I would pay my deductible, and that would be that. But no. So without offense to anyone, I just I want to I want to share with uh, everyone that, and we would hope an insurance broker would tell you. And I imagine if you're working with Mike Conti, they would he would definitely tell you. But we, just we, you know, we, when you we, sue we, that insurance. When you sue that insurance broker for not telling you, you lose that lawsuit 100 out of 100 times. So an insurance broker is 100% not responsible to advise you unless you have what's called a special relationship. And there's tons of case law on that. So while you should trust, you should also verify unless you're working with Mike Conti. Well, you should always, even if you're working with me, you have to, you have to pay yeah. attention. We disclose it, of course, but... But you got to, you know, people don't ask the question. They're so driven by this idea that I have to pay less. I have to pay less. I, I, I tell you what, I look, I, I don't want to. Yesterday, I offered a, a guy a liability contract in New York City that excluded two of the most dangerous perils that I that I I didn't even want him to buy it. But like what? He was, well, for, you know, just to get New York City labor law for commercial building owners. All right is probably one of the most restrictive laws in the nation. Uh, and in essence, what it says is that if anything happens to a worker in a building, the owner of the building has strict liability. So to own a building and not have that coverage, in my opinion, you don't even need coverage at that point, because that's the only claim we're seeing lately. Uh, right. I put an offer out to this guy, and I said to him, this excludes labor law. It's $10,000. I have a quote for you that includes labor law coverage. It's $19,000. He said, give me the 10. And, 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 
You were stunned. And this is shocked. I'm in shock because uh, he's involved in a claim where they're going to pay out half a million dollars for a labor lawsuit. So, unfortunately, people look at what am I paying for insurance, and they never, ever ask the question, is what is covered? And so when important. you're talking about deductibles, you've got to know. So, Mike, I just want everyone to understand that's not just New York City, though. That's throughout the state you need that labor law coverage because that's it's, the, it's a, one of the hardest laws out there. There's all different sections about it. And for people that don't know, Mike used the word strict liability. What that means what that means is they don't have to show ordinary negligence. They don't have to say you right. had a duty, you breached it, caused the damages. They just got to say, right. I got injured there. Right. right. It's exactly. a home run case. Right. Wow. It's a home run well, case. Mike. So, well, let me ask you this, because we're talking about um, a storm insurances, and I know that when we had the big, when we had the big hurricane, and you know, Long Island was out of bounds, and we were and downtown was a mess. Everyone was saying, "Okay, well, I have flood insurance," but no, this was not done by a flood. This was done by the wind, or this was done by, or they had they had they didn't have wind insurance, and then the insurance. So can you explain to us the difference? Of fl- what does flood insurance cover, and how would they define? How would they know whether the wind damaged something or the flood damaged something if there's it, a hurricane? You know, it, it's a very interesting uh, question, and I'll, I'll tell you, I, we, we were involved in this firsthand because during Hurricane Sandy uh, or Superstorm Sandy, whichever you prefer, we had uh, five homes in Rockaway that were um, in that. Uh, that burned that whole, you know, that whole section yes. that burned down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had five of those homes, and one wow. of them they refused to pay the claim because they said that it was already destroyed by flood. Even though the fire ensued, they said the fire ensued after the flood. There was, you know, so it's, oh. it's they're letting the flood policy handle the claim. So the difference, both. I guess, well. You know, we argued and we argued and I think we're still arguing in court. But um, I think you have to recognize that storm is anything other than, um, you know, rivers overflowing. Flood is when the ocean exceeds its bounds and and destroys the home. Um, But most of the time, the water is driven by wind. But wind is – we look at a wind peril when we've blown the roof off. That's a wind peril. When flood has went, gone into the basement, that's a flood peril. You could actually so, be dealing with two losses. Okay, just for right off the brick. So let's take a typical house in the suburbs, okay, whether it's Connecticut, Long Island, Jersey, whatever. And what – like it's kind of – what is kind of a minimum you should get um, – in an well, area where you're you coastal, we're, we're a coastal area, and I'm going to make you answer that question right after. Okay. Uh, okay, because I don't know that we'll get enough of it. But that's like really a major question that I kind of think we all need to know. Or I guess there's no right answer, but what you think, your advice. We'll be right back. We're talking to Mike Conte, our insurance expert, and we'll be right back after this break. Not 
Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. You have helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of my pillow, wants to give back to you. You can get great discounts on all my pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the radio listeners specials. Get deep discounts on my pillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, the body pillow is regularly $89.99, but with promo code AM970. It's only $29.99. Remember, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Today, you can also pre-order Mike's book here, What Are the Odds from Crack Addict to CEO? And you'll get $10 off with promo code AM970 and free shipping on your entire order. Enter promo code AM970 or call 800-651-0798 for these great my pillow specials. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our commercials. You may have seen one there on TV occasionally. And speaking of motorcycle insurance rates, did you know that our basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year? And speaking of speaking of insurance, I just love... And this is how that same commercial sounds on your motorcycle. Yeah, everything's better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Um, excuse me. Yes? In case you haven't noticed, advertising has changed over the years. What? Now, there's digital. You need Salem Surround. When a customer does a search, do they find your business or the competition? Is your business's contact information accurate and everywhere it should be on the web? How about the right tools to turn visitors into leads? Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Keeping New York City safe from society's most dangerous criminals is not a job for just anyone. But New York's boldest do just that each and every day. This is Correction Officers Benevolent Association President Elias Usamudin. Last year, correction officers had custody of more than 45,000 inmates who entered our jail system. Everyone from the murderer, the rapist, the slasher, the stabber, and even the petty thief who you see in the news every day. But unfortunately, what you won't see or hear is the support, the respect, and the appreciation we deserve from our city's elected leaders. That's why we, the Correction Officers Benevolent Association, want to say thank you to all New York City Correction Officers. Thank you for your service to our city. Thank you for keeping this city safe. We appreciate you and will always have your back. Keep up the great work. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're, we're back, and you're listening to I on Real Estate. And I have to say, before we continue with uh, Michael Conte talking about storm insurance, flood insurance, what's what, what you need, um, I just want to say thank you, Michael and Andrew and Tom, um, for really contributing because I don't know if people realize how valuable this information that we talk about is to you. And really, these are top, top people in their field, and they give willingly um, and answer all the questions willingly from so that people are informed. And I just want to thank everyone because you guys make the show great. Pleasure to be but, here. 
Thank you. But, Michael, now, all right, so let's just say I have a typical home in the suburbs, you know, a residential home, and let's, you know, let's just say I'm about seven fifty price range. What, what do, and I'm in a coastal area, so what's the difference between storm, flood, and well, I think that well, wind? It- you, you know, um, I think one of the big questions is, and, and Jerry Feeney covered it in, in, in one time when, when I was listening, where he said the new home buyer should have a, an emergency fund available to cover things that are not covered by insurance. So I'm going to say that that's a great, that was a great comment that he made, and, and I think that's something to take to heart. But when you're trying to determine what deductible you can afford, once again, you have to look at um your your family income if you're literally living paycheck to paycheck you need to buy the lowest deductible that you possibly can if you're not living paycheck to paycheck and you're able to put away a few dollars for an emergency well then you can be a little bit more aggressive in the deductible that you have taken now i think one of the things however earlier i think i think i stepped on myself a couple of times and i'll when you're insuring a home valued at, let's say, $600,000, if you opt for a 3% windstorm deductible, that means that in a windstorm, the first $18,000 of the claim will come out of your pocket. So when you're making that decision, you really have to sit there and say, wow, can I afford that? Uh, right. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, there's probably no way you're going to be able to afford that, and there's no way you're going to be able to repair your roof. So, Michael, hold on. Uh, I have a question for you, and we're getting close to the end of the show. Um, so let me just take that quickly because uh, it's Alexandra from Staten Island. She has a question for Michael. Uh, Mike, uh, hi, Alexandra. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now you're in Staten Island. Did you? Did, were you there when the, we were having all those? So I wasn't in Staten Island when Storm, San, Storm Sandy hit, but okay. I have friends that were affected by it. And now I am in Staten Island, so I'm really concerned about it because I heard Michael speak the last time, and he had mentioned that he feels like we have a hurricane coming this year, a strong hurricane. So I don't have flood insurance. I'm not in a flood zone, I think. I don't know, and this is why I wanted to ask him a question. Um, Michael, what I wanted to know was if if I'm not in a flood zone and I'm not required by my bank to buy flood insurance, how does that work? If I wanted to buy a policy to protect myself, because I, I heard you speak the last time, I found it really interesting that you feel like we're getting one of those Storm Sandy hurricanes this year. I want to protect my home. So well, let me, let me people say, are telling me that if I buy flood insurance, that there's a, a waiting time because I don't need it. My bank doesn't require it. How does that work? Well, l- let me say that I, I believe a storm is coming because my knee is aching every day. But that, that's my scientific uh, prediction. But, but you well, do, Michael, you listen, remember... you could always be a psychic then if that happens, yeah. right? <laughs> that's plan B. But um, I think that, Alessandra, you're, you can buy flood insurance. You don't have to wait till your bank demands it. it. It's probably a good idea to get flood insurance. Everyone, believe it or not, is in a flood zone. It's just how severe of a flood zone you're in. Now, if your bank didn't require it at time of closing, you're in probably in an X zone. And they have a preferred program for the X zone. But I will say this. You've got a 30-day waiting period before you can get coverage. So if you bought tomorrow, you'd still have to wait 30 days. So if a storm comes in next week 
and you're flooded, even though you bought coverage today, it's not going to be triggered for 30 days. So if you're feeling that you want to get flood insurance, you've got to move quickly and get it done. How, how do I do that? Can, it, is there a contact uh, you, number for you? Yeah, yeah, you can call my number, uh, 212-777-7113. I'm happy Slow to help it. you personally. Wait, wait, Michael, say that Great. slower. <laughs> uh, 212-777-7113, extension 6277. I'm happy to help you and uh, get this thing going. Sounds great. You'll hear from me for sure. Thank you so Thank much you. for the great advice. Thank you, Alessandra. Thank All you. right. Yeah, Thanks. that's good. Mike, well, Mike I'm hoping you're going to talk to Alessandra about um, not just flood but wind, as Dottie was asking before about yeah. that crossover. Because I want when people are calling you, they got to ask about both of these things. Because I have seen litigation that I've been involved in where they wind knocks open the roof and you don't repair it. How does that work? And then you get a flood or something, and then they then they say that's and, not a flood. And Andrew on Long Island, I'm telling you, all the people that got hurt because they had the wrong insurance, and when we had all those floods and hard, the people were like, okay, but I don't have that insurance, and they blamed it on the wind, or they said you. So, kind of, what do you need? Do you well, need I mean, both? you know, well, Andrew, yeah, well, keep in mind that when 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 the structure is damaged by a covered peril, so that would be wind or flying objects, a branch breaks through, and okay. then rain enters, that should be covered under the standard homeowner's policy. That I don't know why anyone would call that a flood, and I could see why a flood policy wouldn't cover that, because the 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 ensuing peril is the you know the roof getting blown off and then rain entering. Of course, everything is going to be damaged. Uh, when you talk about flood, you have to separate that out from the other perils. Uh, when water enters the house or exceeds its normal bounds, that's what flood is. When water enters the house. Now, what if there? So let's say, well, there's a storm, and it's it, right. and and I remember. I look. I was on Long Island. I remember walking. The cars were underwater, basically. Andrew, I'm sure you remember. I mean, in Long Beach, in Long yeah. Beach, it was like the cars were in the ocean. You know, there's a provision in the flood contract that knocks me out because it talks about uh, uh, rain, uh, excessive rainwater uh, damaging your home. And there's another provision in there that says, well, it has to damage three homes or inundate three acres. So if yours is the only house and you have flood insurance that's inundated by rain for some wacky reason, you may not be covered. you got to hope that it also inundated three acres and you're the only house in there. there there's a wacky standard in there. Well, and, Michael, and again, I'm going to. That sounds so screwy. And it sounds like, it, really, it's unfair. It's, uh, I mean, maybe I'm crazy. Uh, Dottie, you know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The flood program, it's nationally derived. It's nationally written. It's, 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 it is, I don't, I don't understand most of it. I was pricing up a house uh, uh, the other day for flood insurance. It was in Coney Island. You could literally open the front door and throw your, your, your garbage into the ocean. Not that I'm encouraging people to do that. I'm just saying that's how close it is. You're and saying after you, woman, you're Nathan's and you have lots of garbage, right? Yeah. <laughs> that woman is in an X zone, which is the most favorable zone ever, and her annual flood premium was less than $500. Whereas wow. you take – yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. I looked at it on the map. I even called 
the, the FEMA people, and I said, you got to look at this. I mean, this is crazy. No, that's it. They're in the next zone. I said, how is it But, Mike, what was the cap? What was the coverage? What was the coverage on that 500 bucks? Because I think that's something people miss is that, Well, yeah, just well, 250 was, So that, 250 on the structure, 100 on the contents. That's the most FEMA will sell. So you, can't you sell more, though, in addition to that? I think a lot of homeowners need to know that because when we're in right, Coney right. Island, the house doesn't just cost that amount. Right. I know that. And you go to the excess and surplus lines market, you buy excess flood insurance, and the, 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 first, the first 250 costs you 500 and the next 100000 costs you 2000 And so people tend not to buy it. Um, okay, it, now what like somebody of, like me? I, I don't live on the water. So I live in Long Island, like I have some mile and a half or whatever, and they wouldn't give me insurance. I, the only way I could get insurance, I had to take all of my policy, everything that I had insurance on and combine it and give it to one company. Otherwise, they wouldn't even yeah. insure me. And I, I don't think I'm in a flood zone, but I, I guess they think, well, you know, I mean, I guess you know, I am. Dottie, Dottie, I don't know if you've seen how Southampton floods. I don't see. I, I don't know if you've seen how Southampton can flood. So, irrespective of being in a flood zone, we have to be concerned. And as Mike was just saying, the the FEMA policy that he's referencing it caps at so. And it, Long Island, an inexpensive house wouldn't even be covered. So right, you need right, to right. make sure you get this excess coverage that Mike is talking about, everyone. Because I have so many friends that because I have a place in Long Beach, Dottie, and oh, I have I so many friends that, that wow. yeah, and I have so many friends that that. Um, were in Long Beach during the storm, and they couldn't pay to repair, and they had flood coverage. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Well, we're running out of time. You know, we only have like a minute or so left, and I really feel this is so important. We should have to continue it because – and it's really hard to digest. And, again, I think back to Andrew, your advice is like, you know, there's no right or wrong. I think you have to step back and see how much money you have and what – you know, what I guess you go with the odds of what you think is going to happen. I, I don't uh, we, we I know that the, the that if you were in Long Beach, you got hit. But the Hamptons that time didn't get hit so badly. But then if you go. Isn't back, it amazing? Yeah. But then if you go it's back a- years ago, I remember in West Hampton, not, the houses floated to the, the they just floated away. So, That's the 38 storm. You, you, you saw pictures from that, how they were all gone, all gone, yeah. the, all of West Hampton. Listen, okay. first of all, this was a great show and great information. And um, I just want to thank my guests, and they'll be back, and we will continue these subjects. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.